just like Jordan Belfort and his penny stocks, this movie is not worth the investment. Watch The Wolf of Wall Street by Mr. Martin Scorsese, director, written by Terrence Winter and starring Leonardo DiCaprio, and our new actress for this series of She's an Actress. Yes, uh, for for Margot Robbie, who plays um, Leo DiCaprio's second wife in this very long movie. It's very... It is... Three hours and oh boy, is uh, does this movie play for three hours? My my first note was why is this movie three hours long? Um, that before, yes, I agree. Before we before we get into it, I just want to say um, we're recording this. It's January. It's a new year, twenty twenty four. Um, I not I'm not a big resolution person, but I would like to. I'm trying to make an effort this year to be less of a hater because. Okay. I feel like I listen to a lot of stuff where people hate on things and they're often hating on things that don't even feel like they deserve it. It's just, they, it's just, they, it's the thing where you, you pick something to, that everyone likes to dislike. And then you just talk about how shitty it is constantly. I don't think mm-hmm. we do that on this show necessarily, but in general, I'm going to try to strike a more even keel tone. You, you are free to be as, um, as much of a hater as you want, Missy. I can only express my true opinion because I'm a terrible liar. I really did not overall enjoy my experience watching this film. I think it is well acted. I think it is um, directed well in the sense of the shots and everything like worked within the film. Like it wasn't, you know, unpleasant visually to watch. But I don't know why it needed three hours to tell the story. Yes, I agree. I did we need ten minutes of him falling down a, a a flight of four stairs? Yeah, did we need every shot of every orgy or coke binge or jacking scene? I don't. I don't. It was it was very gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that that's kind of the that is the story of the movie itself. The movie is gratuitous. Um, do you want to go through the plot? Even I don't even know what what how do you want to tackle this? This is going to be a hard one. So. It is the story of Jordan Belfort. Jordan Belfort is a real-life person. That is who Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio plays. He was a businessman, a stockbroker, who essentially ran a rip-off scheme of overcharging people for stocks that really aren't worth it or, like, probably weren't worth it. They were bad investments. I wouldn't say not even overcharging. He was by convincing people to make investments in things that were not were never going to pay out. Yes, exactly. It, they were just like pump and dump schemes, and then essentially he gets in trouble with the SEC and the FBI, and because he just is because they catch him on this, and then he starts to try and launder money, and then ends up getting in trouble for that. And it all comes crashing down and is just a, it is a cut and paste house of card tales of person does bad thing, but gets, you know, a a luxurious, gross, disgusting life with all the drugs and sex and not in any meaningful way. And Mm -hmm. it is, I'm assuming meant for us to, it, 
if it's another one of these slice of life about bad people. And we talked, sure. we've talked about, you know, on this show, why do we make films about bad people? Mm-hmm. And this is one of those ones again, where I kind of walk away from it and go, well, what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn that manipulating people for money is bad. Cause well, I already knew that I well, didn't need three well, hours to learn. But, that. but, but hold on, hold on. Do you think this movie is satire? I don't know. I think this movie thinks it's satire, but I don't think it's effective as a. See, and I hesitated to bring that up because I've I've made that accusation against some of the films during the Charlize Theron series, yeah. and I did, and some of it, you know, on reevaluation after having time to watch it, like specifically Young Adult, I realized that oh, part of it is just there were aspects of that that were too real for me because I related too much, and then I realized oh, it's because I was looking too much into it as. A person who's like, if I was in this situation, this would like horrify me. But then once you learn it, it's happened. You go back and watch again. And you're like, oh no, this is objectively funny to this character that these mm-hmm. things are happening. Yes, this is one of those things where it's like, it, again, if it's supposed to be satire, it treats everything so lovingly and like makes it cool and makes it or like, or I don't know if it's trying to make everything douchey. It's like, yeah, I mean, I think what's I, he like, trying I, to do? The social network. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I. I, at a certain point, I think we are supposed to be grossed out by the excess that is shown in this movie. As you said, it's three hours long. There's a lot of scenes yeah. of, 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 you know, women getting fucked in their office and, and doing drugs and doing and stuff. That's all fine. Like, but I think that it, like, if we were to ask Martin Scorsese about this, I think he would say that no, this is clearly ridiculous. They're they're they are not real people. They're, they're cartoons, but the image that they're presenting feels like the image the the aspirational image for a lot of people in America. Like it, it, yes. it, it, it's it's kind of like the Fight Club problem where the first hour of Fight Club seems like the coolest fucking thing in the world, and you want to go into a basement and beat the shit out of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Until until the second part of the movie, when everything comes crashing down, it, it, it all comes crashing down on him, but not really. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's it's sort of like reality TV syndrome, where it's like, oh, these people are being gossipy or they're being, you know, manipulative and all those things. And then you start to, like, think that's OK in real life, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously not everyone who's going to watch this think that not everyone who watches this is going to think Jordan Belfort is cool. You know, yeah. most people, I think most people who watch this will get the message that this is bad, you know, because it's pretty obvious. But it it is so. Uh, it just it, it's it, it was shocking. It's hard. To it's, me. it's it's go ahead. It was shocking to me how little consequence he faces in this movie. He yes, gets, he gets to the point the where point. he gets an out with the SEC and he chooses not to take it. Then he then he's on a boat. He's on his yacht and it gets it capsizes. He gets rescued while on the yacht. He goes to a prison where he talks in the narration about being able to pay his way through prison because he's still rich. Mm-hmm. And then he has a second career. And I like I think that we are meant to be. We are meant to pity him in the last scene because he's giving these talks and it's and he's so small in comparison to where he start where he was at the height of the you know at the height, like in the Godfather or in in Scarface, the hero dies. Yeah, it, it and I believe most of or not most but like a lot of the 
portrayal and claims within the book are exaggerated and are yes. all falsities themselves. So this is like a fictional story about a person whose life is a fiction, you know, and the way and the story that we're being told on screen isn't even what really happened. And so it's frustrating for me. And I knew that going into it, that this movie seems so misaimed. It was, it's like bombshell in that it's not satirical enough. Like it's not funny in, in the way it's setting up the timing. There's nothing clever in the, in like the character dialogue. It, if it's like trying to be a satire, it's, it's just, it's trying to do it by just doing what every one of these typical types of stories would do. Like mm -hmm. if it's trying to be really on the nose, then I get that. But I don't, I don't feel like that's what Martin Scorsese really does. But maybe I mean, it's this. I don't know. He, he, I would say in some of his other movies, I think specifically The Departed. I mean, The Departed is a remake of a, of a, a Hong Kong movie, Internal Affairs. But there's a lot more consequences and a lot more like um, comeuppance in in The yeah. Departed. And I feel like if the if the movie had ended with him getting arrested and in the worst kind of prison, like. Or even if it just it had shown him in the worst kind of prison, and then you end in the scene with him doing the motivational speaking, that would have been, that would have been at least been better than what we got. He he, at no point is he ever set back. Like not really. Mm -mm. Nope. And is it, it? It's like okay, he does all these debauched acts. He's a huge drug addict. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they like the movie opens with them taking little people and launching them across the room and having them like land with their bodies on a Velcro, like, you know, uh, bullseye target. Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to laugh at that? Am I supposed to find that funny? Because I don't really find it that funny. I think it's like dumb bro frat like behavior. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think I, I, I'm not trying to defend the movie here, but I think if you were to ask again, if you were to ask the filmmakers, they would say, there's this is we're showing you how ridiculous this man is right from the get-go right from the jump but yes i don't know it did it did not it did not work for me it did not work for me i and also this the amount of grease and sleaze that is like dripping from every pore that leonardo dicaprio has in here it's like mm -hmm. what would anyone find charming about this person i, mean, I don't he, look, he, he looks like he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio, and I I do believe that that kind of like braggadocio, that kind of swagger, in it, like that that is effective on some people, like to to convince them to give their life savings to you or or to convince you to do something illegal. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 like a truth that is has to be true because it happened because he did right. do it, so right. he was able to convince people these things, and he still is a motivational speaker afterwards because again culture loves giving people who commit crimes you know this sort of celebrity circuit afterwards like george santos you know he was able to like leverage right away from uh you know being indicted and be going uh to uh court and being one of the few people uh expelled from congress um and so it, it is just weird but i don't know maybe it is just like the young adult thing when i first watched it it was a bit too real and a bit too close to like how angry I get in real life about people who financially abuse systems and who live these opulent lives and basically don't have any problems. And then consequences come and it's like, oh good, they're gonna get consequences. And then it's like, oh, sorry, did we mean consequences? We mean very little of them. 
because they have enough money and access to just like do it. It's the tiered justice system that we live in. Yeah, and I mean, it's just I, hard for me to laugh at that. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm a little more. I think I felt a little more even keeled. I was, I was frustrated with the movie, but I kept expecting there to be something else to happen. Like, I kept expecting one of the original guys from when they were in the garage to die or, or to get get arrested or busted or something. Yeah. Or like the, like the worst that happens is they they get caught like smuggling money into um into into um Switzerland. Yeah, it's it it just is not my type of movie. It really is not my type of humor. I I don't uh, you know react that. It's like it's like it's like when I watched Animal House, and I was watching that, and I was sort of like okay, this feels like a relic to me because I don't understand why these antics are hilarious except for the fact that I know it's the absurdity of it all and obviously that is in here too. And I know I feel like I'm a robot now. I feel like I'm talking like a robot trying to like comprehend this and it's like, I don't think there's much to comprehend. It's a very straightforward story. There's not much opaqueness in terms of what he did. Yeah, no, I I, I 100% agree. And I don't. This movie came out in like what 2012, I believe. It was 2013. 2013, right? That's right. 2013. This movie came out. So this movie came out 10 years ago now. I do think that after, I do think that as a culture, we have accelerated rapidly to a culture where shame is is increasingly not public shame is increasingly not a thing that people care about, yeah. and are and are and are willing to openly debase themselves. I think. You know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I do think that the election of Donald Trump as our president was uh, was a turning point for that. He, he is a yes. Nothing sticks to him because he is a man with no shame. He's incapable of feeling shame. And Jordan Belfort is a Trump supporter and who loves uh, his his mojo and policies and all that kind of yeah. bullshit. So it is like a parallel between it. Was it meant to be inspiring in that even though he had to cheat to win, he was able to rise to the top from from very humble beginnings, I guess. Um, it like or or build an empire himself. I I'm just trying to think now of the types of like profiles that Scorsese has done with his films, and I've only I think the only other Scorsese I've seen is Taxi Driver. I'm gonna look this up just to confirm. No, I did see Goodfellas. I think the thing about Goodfellas is there's so much more consequence in what they're doing. Yes, and you it, it's it sort of was more it felt more realistic in terms of like what these people's lives yes. probably looked like like it is it is weird in biographical films to show very absurd things in a way because it's hard i think it's hard to experientially for me to like think about what this would really be like when those things were happening in terms of like the debauched acts and stuff like that and yeah. so it feels very like distant from me Mm -hmm. Um, partly because I didn't have, you know, like I didn't go to parties like this or frat parties or things like that. So I, 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 it's, it's the same thing we talked about in the social network, you know, uh, with, uh, not a hate watch. There's just an aspect of this that is so distant from me, the toxic Mm -hmm. masculinity of it all. I don't want to overuse a, a phrase there, but that really is what, if this is a satire and examining it, that is what it is examining. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm kind of, I don't, I think I'm a little different in that. There is a part of me, there is like a feral part of me inside 
of myself that wants to work in this kind of environment where everyone is the absolute worst to everyone else. But like you're using one another to get ahead, but you will stab each other in the back at the first second. And everyone's just being shitty and throwing around like slurs and stuff. Like I get that I, in the same way that I am, the, I'm very susceptible to, again, the first hour of fight club. I watch that and I go, God, I just want to be in a fucking basement beating the shit out of someone. <laughs> um, we, are, we are very opposites on that part. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, but you can't do that. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. And 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 what 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 baffled me the most was um I looked at I was looking at uh, critical reviews of this movie. There were some reviewers who did call out the sort of lack of consequence for for Jordan and and how the movie doesn't really ever sh- have a downside for him or or show like sh- explain why it exists other than to be a picture of excess that we should aspire to. Um, yeah. like, like there's nothing in the movie telling us to not aspire to this. Exactly. Yeah. It, it just seems like here's a slice of life of a guy who got away with it. Mm-hmm. And here he is at the end doing okay for himself. And are we supposed to feel, are we supposed to feel bad that he lost his wife and kids because they're so background that, you know, we haven't even talked about, Margot Robbie's performance yet. And that's partly because she is not really central to the movie, except for just being an object of desire and or opposition mm-hmm. to whatever level of success Jordan is trying to obtain business-wise in that moment, because that is his life. It yeah. is his business and the riches that allow him to get away with the debauched things that he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's not a lot of women in this movie. It is primarily men. Um you you have Kristen Milotti who plays his first wife. Then you have then you then then as he's um on the comeuppance or sorry not on the comeuppance as he's on the rise he goes to a he goes to a party where he's introduced to Margot Robbie who I appreciated was a Miller Lite girl um a phrase that has never been said after after this movie came out or and and or will never be said outside the context of this movie ever again. Um. Uh- what did you think dump- of her performance? Oh God! Oh, uh, he dumps he dumps Kristen Milotti for Margot, and then they have a picturesque wedding. And then the joke is immediately she's a screaming harpy yelling at him, like yeah, she doesn't even get off great. Yeah, no, it's like she instantly turns and is negging him, and you know, yelling at him. Every everything in this goes to an eleven, mm-hmm. and it likes to just stay there. But the scenes don't have builds or arcs within it. It's like, oh, I'm here and I'm 11 and here's 11 or I'm 11. And I'm just like, oh, geez, this movie is just so loud and annoying. And it's like I, I kept checking into the time of this film more than I did with any other thing. And it would be like, okay, surely I'm at the hour point. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm at 40 minutes. You know, yes. okay, maybe I'm close to an hour and 30. And it's like, it's been an hour and 50. Like, I never felt like I, I always felt like I should be further in this film than what I was. Yes. And it just was like, God, I have so much more of this douchebag that I have to see. Like what other not interesting parts of his life are you going to show me? Yeah. So, so going back to Margot, I think I did like her performance. They didn't give her a lot to do. She's really there to just kind of play the sex object for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I did write down in my notes, maybe this was worth it just to see her throw that glass of water in, in, jordan's face when they when they're having the fight that yeah her performance was solid she sold the character as it is written 
um, and makes the most of what is given to her. Um, it, it, for for some reasons, and I don't, I haven't seen this movie in a while, but it gave me flashes of Jennifer Lawrence in American Hustle, mm. and just a sort of like heightened performance of what is ex- like what Jordan expects of women, and how he. <sighs> the weird like arc for control that they have and like the use of the kid and the use of sex and Mm -hmm. the use of his money and everything like that. And I don't know her point of view at the end when she leaves, like she leaves because he's not a good person, but also is it because of the money? And we never get a resolution as to why, like, I don't know. We don't really stick around with her or give her any sort of time to like have that be a thing. She just leaves him. And then we're supposed to be like, Oh, boo hoo. You know, she left with, you know, the kids and uh, mm-hmm. they, he beat, her, you know, they hit each other. I mean, uh, he punches her. This, she slaps him. He slaps back. He punches her in the stomach at one point while he tries to grab the kids and mm-hmm. throw them in a car. Like, oh, haha, hilarious. And, um, you know, crashes his car with the kid in it and then uh, doesn't, you know, is then swarmed by police the next day and you know that's when we get the resolution of of the three the 36 um months you know that the person gets served uh Mm -hmm. jordan um but yeah what i don't know her arc i don't really know what it is her arc is she appears they get married she gets annoying she gets bitchy and then she disappears And, and pops out kids in between yes and it's literally like one they just like Flash forward, you know, we have we have three hours of film. We're just going to, like, jump cut to, oh, they have a four-year-old. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I guess, like, their home life doesn't really matter. But I think that's because it doesn't matter to them. Like, Jordan doesn't care about mm-hmm. his home life. They are just the things that are part of his construct, this, like, weird living theater thing he's doing of living the life of a, of a rock star in a biopic of their own like i did drugs i got money i got fame and then i burnt it all up you know and i have to start from the bottom again and i live a life that is still better than most people's lives yes and and as one of the reviews pointed out the man the the real life jordan is in the movie at the end of the movie and the logo that is shown on screen for his when when leo comes out to 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 start giving the speech is the logo of his real life company so it's basically the entire movie is an advertisement for his consulting firm yeah and and so the and so the shot at the end of the film is the audience looking at motivational speaker um version of jordan his rebranding of himself it's very funny he says like he was wearing suits the whole time in the movie now he just says like on a, a white dress shirt and like that flares at the bottom and like i mean that that is that was very like Hello. 90s to 2000s business business style oh yeah no i know but it's just as funny how it's like the rebranding of himself now and he pops up on stage and then it's shots of the audience's faces all looking at him while he does the sell me this pen you know mm-hmm. sales pitch bit and we just see them all gazing at it. And is it for us as that to be like, oh, and these people, they get away with it because they find a new set of rubes that will listen and hang on their every word. And are you that kind of person? Are you that audience member sitting there hanging on his word? Like, is that what that last shot's supposed to be? It just, like, I understand, you know, by showing us that, that is part of what the message is. But I don't feel like that was earned by the setup of everything else that happened before. Yeah, I mean, I, I... I get the feeling that if we were to talk to people who liked this movie, 
and we asked them about this question of like the moral of the movie or um, is the movie satire or does the movie show enough consequences? They would say, well, no, it's bad because the stuff he's doing is bad. We all just know that. Like it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't need to be said in the text of the film. No. And I, and I would, I, I do agree with that. It doesn't have to be a little contextual, but like, if you're, you're using three hours to tell this story, you have room to do a little bit more of this if he wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. it's not as if he's trying to have a tight, you know, hour and 40 minute movie or whatever. And like a, a quick satire that just like hits its points and like gets the scene done. Mm-hmm. It like lingers and it really starts to sit out. But also, what did you think of the weird, like moments where we'd have like a cutaway, almost like a cutaway joke, like a punchline of just going out of time and space and cutting to like, say, footage, you know, that looks like it's from, you know, 40 years ago or whatever, and sure. then cut back to the scene. Because I think, I think, I think the, the pop culture influence of Family Guy is still not completely understood. <laughs> I, as I was describing it, I'm like, it seems like a kind of a, or like the big short-esque sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, oh, we're going to do, informational things in here but it, it didn't feel or steve jobs have used different it didn't feel clever and they didn't do it enough during the three hours that by the time they would do one of them if it really pulled me out of the film because you know it's like well you've already taught me to just live in these long rambly you know business jargon filled uh scenes with where of motive you know big motivational speeches by characters like mm-hmm. yeah you can do it oh you can sell this thing oh it's great you know ugh. i think maybe also because i just work at a corporate environment like this language just does surround me so i do like understand too well what they're talking about and know the sure. bullshit behind it sure um i want to talk about a couple of the the smaller performances that i that i did enjoy um we have kyle chandler um, Hard Jess aired from from the 2015's Carol, a movie mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with, playing an FBI agent, and he does he does kind of get one he does get one up on Jordan in terms of Jordan says as he's as he's trying to bribe him, you know, I'm going to be on this yacht and you're going to be taking the subway home, and then he, there's a there's a scene of him taking the subway home, and I guess that's supposed to be like, oh yeah, I know he got he fucking got him. Yeah, I that I think was the hype for me in terms of like when I had a little bit of fun in the film was the the banter between them and just sort of when his character starts laughing and they just go toe to toe and he's like, yeah, I'm going to repossess everything like we're going to nail you for this and Jordan's character is like, fuck you, get off my boat, fuck you. Um, th- th- that just did feel like the real sort of macho assholery that would come from kind of both sides but one of them more rightly and obviously one of them more wrongly mm-hmm. um i also really like uh aya cash she's the she's the redheaded lady who played jordan's assistant she's she has like three lines in the movie but she's kind of in the background a lot yes uh, i liked the the women of the office uh i think they were all very fun um i also did like um oh shit uh, who is it? Oh, Rob, sorry. I, the name of the character. I, I liked Rob Reiner's performance as Max Belford. Mm, uh, yes. Mad Max. Uh, his yelling, the scene where they're like, he gets irritated and he just like, oh, they're calling during the fucking, uh, what, what show? God, what was the name of the show? Uh, it was something like The Equalizer. It wasn't that. It was like, yeah, they're calling doing it. Who would do that? Hello? Yes. And then taking the British accent. 
Oh, oh, I missed it. Ah, fucking describe to me what was going on. Ah, fuck, you know, just really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and telling, you know, Jordan that like, you're pushing stuff that's going to be illegal. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like charging, you know, escorts to the fucking company card. You fucking yep. idiot. Like, and they're all laughing about it. Be like, no, it's funny. You know, oh, hilarious. Like, yeah, I got charged on there. And he's like, you fucking idiot. You know, um, I just really. And he's right. He is right. Ultimately. Yeah, he's right. He is, he is the one character that is almost always right in what he's doing. You know, but it's just funny how even he got roped, roped into the scheme because it's yeah. his son and, you know, he's going to help his son out. Yeah. So so here's my question. Let's say at your job, there was a way that you could, through committing some kind of white-collar crime, start to amass a large fortune of money. And you would be you would be depriving either the company or individuals. You don't know who. You don't know where the money's coming from necessarily. Mm-hmm. But you know, you 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 put an extra zero in a spreadsheet, and suddenly th- that money appears in your bank account, and it starts yeah. it starts to accumulate. Would you do that? No. Why not? I don't want to. Okay. I don't care enough about money to do the risk of it. And also, I don't. I just don't care. Okay. I mean, because I yeah, I, I don't. That... I don't find that appealing. I don't. I don't find what people define as quote unquote high class or like rich people stuff. I find it gross. I really find it gaudy and excessive. And one of those things where it is, they get to a certain amount of rich where they are just wasting money that could help improve other people's lives so much. And that's the whole point is to just waste this money because they can spend $10,000 on a bottle of wine or throw parties that are $100,000 parties and they don't give a shit. But to me, it just seems so awful when there is so much misery that is just because we live in a financial system that requires a class of people to be poor in order so these assholes in these types of films can be the way that they are. Okay. The reason I, the reason I, I, I phrased it this way is because I think, I don't think the movie was ever going to work for you then. And that's okay. Yeah. And I've, I've never been tempted by that. You know, I it's, and it's, and I've been in position, like I was manager of money and stores in certain positions like that. And in easy ways could have just like, you know, oh, the cash register is unbalanced or whatever that kind of stuff. But it just is like, why? You know, I I don't know. I, I, money isn't my temptation. I have other vices, but it just, <laughs> money isn't it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that on, 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 this, on this podcast at some point, theoretically. We keep doing it <laughs> yeah. long enough. Yeah, long enough, it will just be like uh, everything becomes one long therapy session when you cut it all out. Because you're just, you know, reflecting your own anxieties and desires within, you know, the critiques of films that you do. I mean, I mean, our listeners at this point theoretically have listened to the young adult episode already. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd probably do it um, if if it was me. I'd probably do it. Okay. Yeah, and I and and I and it's like I am also the person where I I do believe in the concept of victimless crimes, quote unquote, and that there are laws that are out there that are bullshit. And yeah, that no, people should break, you know, and it, I do not care more. So I, I am not saying in a, because it's illegal, 
I, you know, I just want to be a good boy and follow the law kind of thing. Like, I think there are ways you can bend it. But in this situation where, like, this, it's taking advantage of someone, or as you say, like, using a company's money, I understand that that is also the investment of other people who are trapped in this system with me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, right. because yeah. because the investors will always find a way to screw over the the, the little people. Sure. It's, it's, they're playing with our money and being able to, to just, like... Sure get away with gambles and things like that. Individuals yeah. and companies all together. I mean, what I will say is I, I, I feel comfortable talking about this because I think, I think a lot of people would do, do it as well. And I would not, you know, like the intention would not be for me to use it so that I can have a mansion filled with, you know, naked women and cocaine and shit, but mm-hmm. I probably would end up there. Cause that seems to be what happens to everyone else. But I do think that, I do think that there's an argument to be made for, if you have opportunities to take power, and in this case, money is power theoretically, away mm-hmm. from bad actors, even if you even if you if you risk becoming a bad actor yourself, I, I trust myself morally more than I trust Jordan Belford. Because and because if the money doesn't go to me, it's gonna go to Jordan Belford. There's only two options. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can understand that viewpoint. You don't, I mean, you don't have to. It's okay. I'm just. No, I'm just, I do understand. No, I, 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 no, I do understand. No, I do understand the. If we're talking about an end game, some movement of either this is all going to go toward the bad actors because we as society and laws reward bad acting. Yes. Anything to disrupt the flow, which is that, which is a, which is a very valid system of, as you just pointed out, influence politically and economically and in other ways, and essentially like. We people who do do good do that in the way that they're you know doing it. It just is obviously not called out in terms of as manipulative or whatever because it's for good causes that everyone likes. But there is an amount of like movement of emotions and people and money. You have to get people to part with their money to begin with. It is very hard, you know, except for the base needs of people to strip them of it. And that's what they were targeting. You know, Jordan's whole mm-hmm. thing was targeting people who had just enough income that they could giveaway and risk and preying on the it's an over discussed you know term inside but the american dream it is just can i get money and enough money to raise my class you know it's always talked about in the the targets it was always you can get that boat you can pay off your mortgage you can do this you can level up it's just what the next level is you need to get with this investment and everyone wants everyone wants that like i agree i want to move up in my class too and but I've also got to a certain amount of class that I'm fine with. The reason I want to up my class is that I'd be able to help other people out and do projects and help Mm -hmm. scenes of art and culture and movement. And that is selfish because it's just things that I like, but it's also things that morally I think is, you know, good with society. So you're, you know, yeah, I understand like that need for it. I just, yeah, I think I just don't see money as the ultimate, ultimate influence. I much rather use my influence in the, the, hold that i have with people individually and then you know that might guide them in terms of where they want to put their money and investment and stuff like that you know for for causes and things okay yeah so if if, so missy if your boss is listening to this i think i think you're good yeah, I, my boss. You know what I need to do? I sent you to show my boss a cat video, and I'm good for a month. You know, I uh, we have a, a good thing here, but yeah, I, I it's it is 
it's odd. It's odd being in the system and seeing how all the gears work and sometimes feeling helpless about it, but also knowing that, you know, I'm not doing anything that is risking my ability to provide for my husband. You know, sure. I think that's maybe part of it too. I don't, I don't and know. How, I don't know how much further I want to go down this road, but I've increasingly lately been thinking about how it feels like I'm competing against someone who isn't following the rules. They're cheating. They're breaking the rules. Yeah. And, but, and I'm never going to win. Like this is not the mighty ducks. I'm never going to win by following the rules and doing everything right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't quack, quack, quack your way yeah. into getting a goal. You know, it is, I, I, no, I'll be, I'll be honest. I feel the same way. And I think that's why this film doesn't work for me. I think mm -hmm. it's too real. As you said, 10 years ago, this might've been completely different and there might've been a way for me to still sort of laugh at that stuff. But mm -hmm. we have just been, you know, hammered <laughs> these past 10 years where I think a lot of people don't feel that anymore. You know, if we look at polling and stuff, we know that people feel the American dream is slipping away from them. So this sort of stuff feels more like truly more excessive and more criminal, even though it was already criminal to begin with. You know, and that's, and that's the part that I feel bad for for Margot's character is that she does get roped into this. And who knows how much she knew was going on behind the scenes and knew Jordan, you know, in terms of what he was like, you know. So there is amount of sympathy I, and empathy I feel for her. And she also because she plays it well. Now, again she's not shot that way because she is shot as you said being bitchy being neggy like she's you know she's seen as the antagonist of our anti-hero protagonist you know mr moneybags um mm -hmm. and so it is just weird for people who get involved in these situations by association or by you know marriage and it's just like how am how i still i'm thinking now too how do i feel about them you know and all that kind of thing and like his kids and stuff like how am i supposed to feel or i morally ethically and i don't have an answer to that and and the film didn't help me get to that and it's not yeah, I, mean, it I, doesn't, I do nothing is trying to right it doesn't doesn't speak to what happens to her and the kids after he gets he goes to prison really at all after the after the boat after the 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 seed where their boat capsizes mm -hmm. she's never seen again yeah because she says i'm gonna divorce you and and they have the fight and then that's it and then it's him going to jail and then he's a motivational speaker and that's his life mm -hmm. yeah <sighs> I, I mean, think uh, I, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. You need to go ahead because I was going to say I think I've said everything I, I want to say about this. Okay. But I do. But I, I will talk to you more and answer your questions. I'm not like trying to. Sure. No, no, no. Um, I was going to say, I, if anything, the one thing this movie did for us, you and I, is it helped propel Margot Robbie's career. Absolutely. Like I can see in this performance what people saw that then led her to be cast in more and more projects and bigger projects mm -hmm. um, because she is very magnetic on screen. You want to watch her when she yes. is on screen to see what choices she's going to make, to see what they do. And she goes big and she commits. Like there was a moment here where her accent, because obviously she's Australian, she was doing a kind of Brooklynish accent. And it's like, this does feel like the accent that like, 
improv people do when they're trying to do like, hey, I'm a New Yorker kind of thing. But it's like, but there are people like that. Like that yes. is just probably what the wife sounds like because that is just a real thing. You know, it just is every once in a while you've seen this type of character. You've seen right. these types of characters in yes. other things Yeah, that it is sort of like, okay, this is this person's take on it. But mm-hmm. there's tropes they're playing into. Right. Yeah. Like, like sort of like crime family mob wife stuff. Um, oh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. I think Goodfellas is the better version of this. I course, think he yeah. made this movie before, and I've seen, mm-hmm. and, and I remember liking Goodfellas. Like I didn't love it, but I'm like, oh, this is a good, well-made movie. This is funny. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. much funnier, and it, yeah. that's and it's much more darker because that has murders and like you know, uh, cr- criminal activity and everything too. And it is about a guy who's basically like, this is my American dream, and I'm getting it by being a criminal. You know, yeah. same same sort of arc with that, but funnier or not, fucking three hours. Yeah. Um. I think we'll probably leave it there. Uh, yeah. Next week on She's an Actress. Whoa! We're going to be talking about the movie Suicide Squad. Yeah, I guess we are. Oh, damaged. This movie. You um, love, you love, you are, you are a person who loves the Joker. You have to I admit a... you love the Joker. Uh, okay. And the uh, amount like, of times I get said pictures of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker from Missy is is just like off the charts. I like the character of the Joker. No, I do. But like '60s Batman Joker kind of. No, no, no. You're not like sending me. You're not sending me. You're not sending me '60s Batman. You're sending me Joaquin Phoenix with his notebook. Yeah, because that that photo is hilarious. No, genuinely the photo of him holding the book out looking weird is so fucking funny to me because it is just the most awkward. It's just so awkward. And that's what that movie was, was awkward. Um, I know that this was a bomb. I know that fans didn't like this. Maybe I'll like parts of it. I have seen The Suicide Squad. So I have seen the follow-up to this and uh, the the performance of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. So it'll be interesting to see the first take of it, you know, as it were. Uh, I look forward to Viola Davis. I fucking love her um as what's her face within it um but yeah you know uh, what what do you know about it and have you seen it before i've not seen it uh i didn't see a comic book movie from 2013 to 2023 for 10 years i didn't see a comic book movie um i was always more of a marvel girl than a dc girl when i was a kid in terms of reading comics and so the dc movies especially didn't really do do that much for me i also don't like Zack Snyder and he was kind of like his 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 stink was kind of all over this and I don't like Jared Leto I think Jared Leto is a terrible person um you should you should google the words Jared Leto 15 if you want to learn more about that yep never mind that never mind that he won a Oscar for playing a trans woman and then didn't say the word trans in his thank you speech at all it was so fucked up so I I was like very against this movie, and and I think by by um by by um association, Margot Robbie caught astray with me, and I did not think that I I thought very poorly of her as a person for doing this movie. I I have my I have I have some beefs with the character Harley Quinn as well. We can talk about that more next week. I don't really yeah. want to get into it right now, but um I'm really curious to see what I think of this movie. 
Me too. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, there's one other person of interest in to me, which is uh, not the character Rick Flag, but the actor Joel Kinnaman, because he plays Ed Baldwin in Oh yeah, for All Mankind. So I'll be yeah, very curious to see his performance. And I believe he was also in the sequel too. Your, your space daddy husband. Yeah. Uh, not, he no. He was. He's annoying. He is not my daddy. Um. There are no. There are no daddies in that. Right. Well, no. Well, there was one. You know, uh, he even went all bald. My beautiful Rob Cordry, or not Rob Cordry, fuck Nate Cordry, my Tim Tim Jeter. Now there, there was another boy. there was another dad daddy. Her name was Molly. Yes, oh my fucking god, Molly Cobb, hell to the fuck yeah. Um, but that'll do it for that'll do it for this episode on the Wolf of Wall Street, as we always say to end the show. Aya Cash got three lines, and one of them was lick my twat. Five stars. That terrible investment. Sal. Sal.